everybody, it's Sue Bidstrup. I'm going to pop in here before I start the episode and just welcome you to the Great Big Yes podcast. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. As you know, I'm a life coach, and so I'm doing these weekly podcasts talking about topics that have come up in coaching or come up in my own life, things that I'm learning about and I want to share with you. If you have any topic you want to discuss, please let me know. I'm at greatbigyes1 at gmail.com. And you can also find me at greatbigyes.com and email me there or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at greatbigyes. I would love to talk to you anytime if you're interested in one-on-one coaching. Your first coaching session is 20 minutes and it's free. And I would love to get started with you. Again, details at greatbigyes.com. So this one's about um, parenting, but it's also about us, right? Like everything is always about us too. And so this one's entitled um, How to Be a No Drama Mama, and I wrote about it on the blog as well. And so I hope you enjoy. And thanks again for being here, and thanks for saying yes to living with passion and purpose and making a difference in the world. Hey, everybody, it's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. I am so excited you're here. I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. Today, I am excited to talk to you about something I mentioned in the last podcast. And um, I'm calling this Be a No Drama Mama. Okay, so a lot of us have teenage kids or kids that have gone off to college or adult children. And I'm excited to share this technique of kind of minimizing drama that I've learned that I'm trying to put to use in my own life. So I wrote a blog post about it this week and um, that's there. And then I wanted to do a podcast about it too. And I think it's something that we're going to be revisiting um, as we move forward because it's a great way to make good decisions and help teach our children to make good decisions as well. Okay, so it's this process that I've learned about. It's called O-R-I-D, and it goes through um, questions that you ask yourself when you're kind of in the middle of feeling like you're getting all worked up about a drama, right? And so your child may call you from school or from life, wherever they are, if they're on their own, or maybe come home from high school with some sort of drama, Now, it would be awesome if we could um, teach this to our kids when they're younger. And this is one of the things that I'm interested in. You know, in school, we're teaching them a lot about academics. Obviously, that's what they're there for. Um, And then we have some emotional and social learning things um, in some of the schools. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're eh. Um, But one thing I, I don't know that we teach our kids is how to make good decisions. And as a parent, I know for myself... A lot of times in the past, I've kind of felt like they should they should know this or they'll figure it out or, well, they'll just fail and then they'll figure it out and they'll make a better decision next time. But the truth is they need tools. And, and actually, no, even the bigger truth than that is we need tools. <laughs> we need tools. So how are we going to help our kids learn to make good decisions if we don't even know how to make good decisions, Right. And so although I'm entitling this Be a No Drama Mama, um, it's for us as well. Okay, so what we want to ask is if our child calls us from school or from wherever they are or comes home with some drama and they're kind of spinning and you notice that they're just like spinning out of control, um, we want to ask them, the first question is objective. So we ask them, okay, 
All right, let's talk about this. Tell me what happened. What's true? So these are facts. This is not a time for them to be going off on some tangent about opinion or getting all wrapped up in emotion. But what are the facts? What? So this is the objective part. What happened? What are the facts? Okay, so... The next thing is going to be the reflective question. So that was objective. Then the next thing is going to be reflective. Once you hear what the facts are, again, trying to steer them clear of any opinion or drama, then we say to them, all right, the reflective piece is, okay, now, how do you feel? Tell me what's going on with you. What's your reaction to this? Now, you can let them go a little bit here, off on a little bit of a tangent. It's kind of an emotional piece. Um, that's okay within boundaries, right? We don't want this to last for an hour. We don't want this to last for days or months, right? So we're going to get them out of this phase, but we're going to let them vent a little bit here. All right, and then the next section is interpretive. So that's the I. So it's O-R-I-D, objective, reflective, interpretive. So the interpretive is, okay, so what does this mean moving forward? So what are your options? Um, maybe this would be the section where you'd say, like, what are some pros and cons if you behave this way or if you behave this way? So, like, if your options are get a new roommate or, you know, tell the teacher something or, you know, bring in someone else, what are um, the pros and cons of that? And how will that affect you and how will that affect others? So this is the interpretive stage where we're kind of going through our options and having them really act out and think out and kind of play out different options and how that would affect them in the long term and in the short term and who else would be affected by it, right? So this is critical thinking. Like they need to imagine this happens, then what, right? And then the fourth is decisional. So again, in this conversation, we don't want them to get stuck in any of these sections. We want them to make a decision, right? So finally, in the decisional, the questions are, what will you do about this? What is your next step? What resources do you need? And then as a parent, I think what's really important is to ask, how can I support you in your decision? Okay, so it's objective, reflective, interpretive, and decisional. So through that process, you've actually taught your child how to make a decision, how to get out of drama, right? So think of it the other way. Okay, so sometimes we might have um, our child call us with some drama and we fly into a rage. We, we're like, you idiot! How did you ever do that. I can't believe you. I'm disappointed in you. You have messed everything up. And that is not helpful. <laughs> I've been there. Um, so there's that. The other option, and I've done this as well, is where our child comes to us with some drama and immediately we see that their feelings are hurt, that they're hurt and they're struggling. And so our mama bear comes out, right? 
and we decide that we're hurt too. We don't even decide it. It just we just feel it viscerally. Like when our child's hurt, we're hurt, and so we're upset too. And then we start lashing out and we get caught up in the drama. So it turns into, well, you know, if your daughter's like, and she's a bitch and I can't stand her and she's so mean, you're like, yeah, yeah. You know, and you find yourself acting in a way that isn't who you want to be as a grown woman and as a leader and as a mother. You don't want to be calling people names. You don't want to be lashing out in anger. You know, you don't want that because the end result of that is your child behaving in that way even more. I mean, every one of us has known the coaches who say that it's the ref's fault, say that it's the, or I mean, the parents who say that it's the ref's fault, say that it's the coach's fault. Blame it on everyone and never teach their kid to take personal responsibility. So regardless of the age, we, even if they're 30 and they're talking about their boyfriend that you can't stand, it's not going to be helpful for us to pile on the drama, the accusations, the anger, and the judgment of other people. Truly, the only thing that's powerful and empowering for our child is to say, okay, what part did you have in this? How can you change the way you think about this? How can you change your actions and how can you move forward, right? So we ask them objectively, what's true? What happened? And then we ask them reflectively, all right, so tell me about this. How do you feel? Because we want to care about our child's feelings. Obviously, that's important. We want to know them. We want to be with them in their struggles. We want to be there for them. But... We don't need to get caught up in the drama with them. So we say, what's true? What happened? Tell me what happened. Then we say, how do you feel about this? And so like I said, that part is a little time for venting. But it's still about how you feel. So if we say to our child, tell me how you feel about this. And they start saying, well, Elizabeth said, and then Ashley did this. No. We're talking about you. And your job is to kind of keep that conversation focused on you. Um, and this is what I do in coaching a lot is, you know, all of us, it's human nature to kind of start branching out, blaming, making ourselves a victim, blaming things on other people. And it's my job to kind of bring that conversation back to you, right? And tell me more about you in this situation. Because the truth is our child or us, whoever we're talking to about this, we're never going to be able to change anything until we take and accept personal responsibility for it. Okay, so the reflective part's a little bit longer probably and there's a little bit of venting, but again, not getting off on a tangent and not getting stuck here. The next question is, okay, so tell me, I understand how you feel. I've heard what's happened. Um, I'm here for you and I want to help you move forward. What are some things we could do to move forward? What are your options? And allow your child to actually tell you the options. And I think as a parent, we get stuck here because we start to go, okay, well, I'm just going to, I'll call the attorney. It's going to be taken care of. I'll pay the bill, whatever. Just go to class. But they're not learning anything there, right? And so we have to say to them, tell me what you can do next here. How are you going to fix this? What are your options? All right. So what are the pros and cons? is that in this section, how will this affect you? What areas of your life will be affected, right? So sometimes it's a it's something, 
in college and you're saying, okay, well, how will this affect your classes? How will this affect your ability to get a job? Or maybe it's as an adult, how will this affect um, your commitment to your work schedule or your commitment to your family? Um, How will this affect your daily life and who else will be affected? And then decisional, what will you do about this? What's the next step? And then what resources will you need? And here's the thing, parents. This is the hardest thing, I think, to not solve problems. But I remember um, learning very early on in my career, I was probably 22 years old, and we were doing a management um, series based on the seven habits of highly effective people. And then um, we were doing another series on another book, and it was, it was geared toward parenting, but we were using it for management. Um, and I'm going to have to, I'll write in the show notes what the name of the book was. I'll find it. But basically, the the gist of it was, was you don't save your children from everything, right? There's uh, there's opportunities or, or incidences where we have to save them, where they're about to run in the street and we save them. We go and we actually grab them out of um, being hit by a car. We save them. But when their life is not in danger, by saving them, we're hurting them. And basically, we want to allow them to fail. And as they get older, it gets harder because the failure is more detrimental or we see it as detrimental to their lives. So if we can start teaching them this way of critical thinking and problem solving and decision making at an early age, they're going to be equipped, they're going to be practiced, and they're going to be able to make these decisions as they grow older and the stakes are higher, right? So we could take any kind of situation here. And it could be a fight with a friend on the playground. It could be getting in trouble from the teacher. It could be getting an F on an exam. It could be not making the A team. It could be getting yelled at by a coach. It could be having a friend betray you. It could be have somebody gossip about you online. It could be having somebody bullying you. You know, there are all of these things that might happen to our children in the younger years that we just tend to step in and fix or we think that we're fixing. And what we're doing is we're not allowing our children to grow up in a way that is going to be make them emotionally and mentally strong. And so they may be academically smart and emotionally and mentally immature. And that's where we get in trouble when they go to college. And I believe that's what's happening is we're saying, okay, we worked really hard for you to get these good grades. We, and that's the truth, right? Parents were involved in all that. Like we're pushing, we're pushing. You're on football or you're on baseball or you're on swimming and you're doing all these things and you're doing all these service hours and you're getting all these good grades and you're getting into the school you wanted to go to. And then we send you off emotionally and mentally not ready. And just because your kids can get A's in school doesn't mean they can make good decisions. And when they're confronted with alcohol and drugs and sex and all the things that they're going to be confronted with, there's going to be a problem if they have never been encouraged 
to make their own decisions. Not only that, but by, by doing everything for our kids and saving them all the time, what we're doing too is we're make basically giving them this feeling that they are not capable on their own of making this decision and that they need their mom and dad to fix it. This is not good in the long run for them. But what happens is we don't want to, I know myself as a mom, I did not want to watch my kids fail when they were younger because it was uncomfortable for me. It was uncomfortable for me. And the truth is parents, moms, listen, I need you to hear me now. If you're multitasking, I need you to come back. (laughs) You are the grown up. And you need to let yourself be uncomfortable when your children are under your roof so you can teach them how to make good decisions. So in this process, they will have to fail and you will have to stand by and not rush in to save them so that they can grow up to be capable adults who make strong, smart, and good decisions for themselves. It's the hardest thing we're asked to do as parents is to allow our kids to be uncomfortable and allow our kids to fail and not make it about us and that feeling that everything that happens to them is representative of us. They are their own people on their own journey and you are doing them a disservice if you do not allow them to learn from their own failures. So perfect kids is not what we're after. Intelligent, thoughtful, kind, emotionally stable, strong, and courageous children is what we're after. At least that's what I'm after. Think about it for yourself. What do you want for your child when they're 15, when they're 18, when they're 21, when they're 30, when they're 50? And when they look back at their life and somebody asks them, tell me about your parents. I don't want my kids to say, my parents saved me from everything and my parents wanted everything to always look perfect and my mom wanted me to act like I was always okay and they never let me fail and the pressure was so strong um, that I cracked or that I was addicted or that I was unhappy or that I'm always suffering because I'm not perfect. That's my worst nightmare. (laughs) I want them to be able to say to a friend when they're older or a therapist or wherever they're talking about us and say, you know what? My parents were strong enough to let me fail and let me be uncomfortable so that I could learn to be empowered in my own life to be an agent for change in my own life and to create a life that's purposeful and filled with passion. And now today I make a difference in the world because my parents, when I was younger, believed in me enough to let me fail. And it's countercultural and it's the hardest thing we'll ever have to do And it's right now in our society, I believe, the most necessary step to changing the future of our families, our communities, our cities, our states, and our country, 
in the world. We have to have kids who can think and can interpret. You know, they need to know how to be objective. They need to know how to get out of their own head and not make it all about them. They need to know how to be reflective. They need to know how to interpret options. And then they need to know how to make decisions. And they also need to know that if a decision is made and it's not right, that it's never too late to change their mind. It's never too late to change the course of their life. And so having said all of this, I want to just end on this note. Every single one of our child, children needs grace. Because in the failing, society will tell them, the world will tell them that they're losers or that they're not enough. And so as parents, not only do we have the difficult task of allowing them to fail and watching them kind of pick themselves up and figure it out, but we have the difficult task of, in the midst of all of that, speaking life into them and making them know that when, even when they're not perfect, they're so loved. They're so loved. And I believe every opportunity is an opportunity for growth. Every failure is just more about learning. Every time they struggle and they call us, instead of bowing up or like getting that armor on or getting irritated and getting mad, it's our job to look at that and say, okay, and I pray about it, but whatever your process is, if you're meditating, if you're taking some deep breaths, but I ask the Lord to give me the right words that are life-giving words for my child to grow and to learn. And yeah, it's not Pollyanna and it's not perfection and it's not fake. They've got to face it. They've got to work hard to come through it. They've got to struggle, but they're going to be stronger in the long run. And so I just ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me say to my child today that would help them grow in closeness with you, Lord, and in faith and trusting of themselves that inner knowing that they're going to be okay because you've got them, Lord, but also because they've got their own back and they're smart enough and they're strong enough and they're courageous enough. And yeah, it might take some uncomfortable moments. It might take some vulnerability, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to matter in the end because they're going to be the one who is a leader who can say to somebody else in their time of need, let me walk you through this. Let me help you. It's going to be okay. Everything's not a fire drill, parents. Everything's not the end of the world. And I struggle with this, and this is why I'm learning about it, reading about it, praying about it, and now I'm really called to teach on it. And I love thinking of ways we can be um, stronger for our kids and help them grow up to be the people that we know that they're designed to be so they can live out the plan and purpose that God has for their lives because it's big and it's beautiful and it's more than we can even imagine in our little minds. And so don't put limits on your kids. Allow them to learn these lessons. Believe that they're strong enough and smart enough and capable of living their own lives empowered to make their own decisions.
All right. So if this interests you and you love this conversation, head over to greatbigyes.com. There's more of it there. Um, Great Big Yes on Instagram and Great Big Yes on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm going to be doing more podcasts once a week. We're going to be talking about something. So I would love to hear your comments. Um, It would be great if you're on iTunes, if you could rate me, um, give me five stars and write me a review. That helps a lot. Share with your friends. Um, It's on iTunes, um, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So wherever you're listening, I appreciate you being here. And um, I just, I'm, I have a heart for these young kids and, and my own and just the, the struggles that I've had as a parent. I want to um, turn it around and, and use them to, to learn more and to teach more on these topics. So one thing we are doing I want to invite you into is we're doing a book club. My friend Susan and my friend Lisa and I are um, hosting a book group discussion about the book Winning with People by John Maxwell. It's a great book. It's a great book for leaders. It's a great book just for anybody in any relationship. So it's for all of us. And we want you to join us. It doesn't cost anything. All you need to do is message me that you want to be invited into the private Facebook group. And we're going to do Facebook Lives. And we're even going to do one as we're all together in Austin coming up in September. So we're excited and we hope you join us. For more information, you can go to um, Great Big Yes on Instagram or Great Big Yes on Facebook and um, just message me there that you want to be included in the group and I'll add you to the private face group or Facebook group. All right. Hope to see you there. Thanks again for being here and keep saying yes and you guys are doing great. All right. Have a great day. Talk soon.